on last week's Irrevelations. I get it. Uh, Jonathan is the son of the king. He's got a lot to prove. The last time that happened to me, I got molested. The old staff honey, oh, yeah. huh? Slurp, that slurp, trick. slurp, 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 <laughs> getting off this <laughs> honey. Swimming is getting into the water. Fighting is making water come out of people. We're okay with authoritarian, unquestionable rule if it comes from God. Samuel does hate democracy and freedom and Second Amendment rights. And then all of a sudden he's like, by the way, I want a f***ing holocaust. I ate some honey. Now I must die! And Samuel no more went to see Saul until the day of his death. Before we turn to the world, I would like to... I can't be a big blessing to people if I'm poor and broke and depressed and I don't feel good about myself. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness. I believe in a literal burning Bible hell just as strongly as I believe in a beautiful heaven. No, no, no. Not God bless America. God damn America. Death in the Bible for killing innocents. Souls are in hell now burning now. The Bible means a lot to me, but I don't want to get into specifics. Pray this simple prayer. Lord, speak to me. I had an idea. Is that, you know how there's two different versions of the N-word? You know, hard R and then like soft A. Okay. And they're like varying levels of... Well, there's right. two. It's binary. I shouldn't say varying. It's binary levels of of, of uh, horribleness. Sure. So what if... So, but the problem is that whenever you want to say that someone said one of those words, all you can say is, yeah, that person said, air quotes, the N word. Okay. So I was thinking. (laughs) Okay. So I'm seeing the problem. So what's your solution? (laughs) Well, we should have two ways of saying, air quotes, the N word. If they said a hard R, you say, wow, Joey just said the N word. But if they were like rapping and they said it with a soft A, they said the N wad. All right, because you take out the R, you put in an A, just well, like get, they I did. What, I get what you've done, but so uh, we should do that. Okay. I mean, all right. Well, put it in the lexicon. Uh, uh, um, write your congressman. Petition dot org. Petition dot org. I was gonna say it. Just push it to. to but Congress, that was, it, and it's it not to it's not to excuse people that say okay. it with an A because that's not okay either. It's I to guess. get it's so that we can go even harder after the people that used a hard R, so you know. So you, you doubly know. know. Yeah. Uh, okay. I feel like I feel like you're solving a problem that doesn't exist, but that that's okay. No. That's we're gonna fix this. We're gonna do this, then we're gonna legalize blackface. Okay. <laughs> it's it's about time. It's current yeah. year. Well, I'm in the Christmas uh, spirit. Right. Wanna, you know, if, that's my gift. If the if the, the Prime Minister of Canada can do it, then it's time to recognize it as a, Thank as, a protected, you. as protected speech. Thank you. Speaking of uh, protected speech. Um, yeah. Runner who slapped reporter's butt on live TV, identified as youth minister. Was surprise, surprise. All right, real quick, tie this into protective speech for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lost. I'm saying everyone's getting all butt hurt. Uh, literally. <laughs> well, just one person actually the, literally got butt hurt. Uh, the runner who slapped a TV reporter's behind is a local youth minister who claims he wants to correct the situation, uh, while the journalist on the receiving end of his hand says he hurt me both physically and emotionally. 
Tommy Callaway was identified as the Savannah, Georgia 10K racer who slapped WSAV TV anchor Alex Bozarian. Oh, that's not an American name. So after online hmm. sleuths found him, thanks to. <laughs> I'm trying to decide my level of outrage, and I don't know. Right. right. If that was a if that was an Alex Smith, then we got it was a, a sturdy. Problem. If it was a sturdy American uh, surname like Delusky. Yeah, there's you know. a fucking real name for real <laughs> Americans who represent the country. Uh, Callaway like, like is a youth- <laughs> uh, You can't say it with the hard R. Uh, uh. Callaway is a youth group leader at his church, Pittman Park UMC, as well as a Boy Scout leader, according to Heavy. All right. Uh, well, real quick, let me hop in. All right. right. You just said a lot of words. I'm going to say some words. <laughs> all right. Before we all get mad at him, can we at least appreciate for a moment? Right. Whatever that she is. was uh, of the legal age of consent. So even though she didn't give consent, <laughs> at least she legally could have. At least unlike she Unlike the girls that youth pastors normally fuck. Right, right, right. Normally so, when he slaps an ass, it's uh, like it's a secret. But this yeah. time he's out in the open hitting a, a girl above consent. Give him a fucking medal. Exactly. Like, you know, yes, yeah. it was sexual assault and battery. For sure. We agree. But it wasn't sexual assault and battery of a minor in whom he was placed in charge. So, right. Yeah. Leaps in, this is like we're not on Mars. We haven't settled Mars yet, but we landed right. on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we slapped this is, that moon's ass. This is a this is a this is this isn't quite trying to find a sober clown, but it's up there. Yeah, yeah. This is like if you if you penalize every guy that makes a step in the right direction, we're just going to be rapists forever. You know, it's like it's like sometimes I'm playing fetch with my dog and she'll bring back a stick instead of the ball. I don't like want to deter her from fetching. Yeah, it's just not exactly. It's just not quite there yet. You're not what I wanted you to do. You know, but. Um, his and lawyer. All, go no, ahead. His lawyer. Good. Good. His no. lawyer, Joseph Turner, called him a loving husband and father who oh, is very no. active in the community and local church, insisting he was working with those involved to correct the situation. Um. While we regret the situation, Mr. Calloway did not act with any criminal intentions, Turner said in a statement. Um, I, I, this was my favorite bit because as much as Christians like to talk a big game about humility and like uh, begging forgiveness in front of God and all stuff, they are the absolute worst at fucking apologies. Yeah, They yeah. just have no fucking concept of it. Well, why did – honestly, so let's put myself in his shoes for a second. Let's say right. that I was fucking stupid enough. To slap a reporter's ass with my slap face anyone's random on person's camera. ass. Yeah, let's say that I was this much of a fucking dirty dumbass pervert, right? Right, Georgian. I don't say anything. Why are you? Why are you going to make a statement? <laughs> just like, go to like, fucking court. Shut the fuck up. Take yeah, your slap on the wrist because go it's going to be small. Right. What? What the fuck is he thinking? Oh, but I have a wife and kids. That's worse. Yeah. <laughs> hey that guys, I'm worse. a good dude who just likes to slap random women. Okay, so hey. to his. To his yeah, I'm credit. In a, I'm in a position of power over children. It's cool, guys. <laughs> <laughs> to his credit, and uh, for whatever credit you can give him, I saw None. the full video. Yeah, I, I saw too. the full video. The reporter is on the sidelines, and there is a line of people goofing on her. As a joke, lighthearted and funny. So, like, nope. one guy comes up behind her and, and like, gives her bunny ears. One guy comes up uh, behind yep, her harmless. and, like, like try, pretends he's going to hug her. Doesn't touch her, which is fine. Also harmless. Just like, ah, also harmless, 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 harmless. Weird, but, but harmless. My point is, is that it wasn't, like, in a vacuum like he was just attacking a Hooters waitress. Obviously, I can understand why you would – I can't imagine the idea of touching any person. 
really? Like, I don't do that in a normal sense of the fucking word. Sure, unless it's a close friend. You know, someone that... Yeah, you and me, we fucking... Oh, yeah, us. We just there slap each other's ass back and forth for days. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just uh, all right. We, we'll get on a tangent all day yeah, long yeah, about okay, hot tub sorry. activities, but <laughs> my point is is that I can almost understand his point of view, his mindset of like, oh, 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 we're goofing. Everyone's doing goofy shit. Time to up the ante. And then now but, he's like, am I, is this America? Is this America? I was no, no, just no. I was just goofing Backtrack. off too. Backtrack. What what you're interpreting as innocent, I'm interpreting as even worse than 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 <laughs> okay. what it appears to be on the surface. Because what right. he saw was an opportunity to touch this girl's butt. He's like, oh, you uh, know, this is going through his head. He's like, oh, it'll look innocent because everyone else. This I'll is exactly how they do shit it. at church, where they're like, oh, right. like Billy just hugged J- Janet. I'm gonna go up and like give her a little bit. Oh tighter. yeah, we were just having a little water balloon yeah. fight, and this I is noticed how her. Act. I noticed her budding nipples underneath her wet T-shirt, and I was like, ha, 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 ha. Had to remark on them. <laughs> yeah, had to say something, you know? Yeah, like, oh, what are you, trying to cut some ice out here? Uh, <laughs> my point being that right. uh, this is exactly how predators operate. It's not They're not fucking guys with a knife waiting in the alley to grab you and rape you. They're people it's- that push the lines, that, that uh, push that the boundaries, make women look non-credible. Right, that they will like right, shame people, right. that they'll like undermine them, so that they can become vulnerable. Um, it's why you become a youth pastor. In fact, it's the reason <laughs> it's, that you it's go the to whole youth point. pastor school. That's how you exact your power. Um, but it yeah, is, I, I, love, I think that it's horrible. It's horrible. I love that uh, this so-called Christian is just treating it like, "Well, we regret the situation." I'm like, guys, it's a fucked up situation. Yeah, bitch, I'll, I'll, admit, hell. I'll admit. <laughs> That it's a fucked up situation. This situation of which I am completely sort of independent of, you know, it's yeah, just yeah, a yeah. situation. You know, like the way like 9-11 was a situation to Osama Bin Laden. Like, yeah. this is a regrettable situation, you guys, you know? I mean, I have a family. <laughs> Come on. I Come on. A I'm, a fucking, I'm a fucking person. She's a hot reporter. How am I the victim? Uh, uh, <laughs> no, I hate this guy so much. Yeah, and fucking, the apologists yeah. on on Twitter are the fucking worst. Yeah, like oh, uh, we we do this in the locker room all the time. Okay, you yeah, fucking take like, off your clothes like in the locker fucking... room too. <laughs> are you gonna fucking do that on the marathon? You... Like you don't wrestle in the shower in the locker room. You wouldn't do that in the street. All right, that's yeah, not how yeah. things are done. You didn't get your uh, asshole double stuffed by two of your boys in the locker room when you were a kid. <laughs> Come on. What the fuck's wrong with you people? <laughs> uh, I, I'm really, I don't know. I, I don't like the language of the rest of the article. Like, um, she's like, it's not okay to help yourself to a woman's body just because you feel like it. It's not playful. He hurt me both physically and emotionally. Like, I, I, I agree that she's right. Of course Maybe. She Honestly, yeah, I, I, I'm taking my, I'm, I'm trying, I'm checking my fucking privilege. Yeah, start this the rare moment. Yeah, start I'm starting to back metal. Because I just realized I was going to try to uh, judge this woman's reaction to her being attacked, but I just realized I don't know why I was thinking I could do that. Uh, fuck me. But, um, uh, I don't know. It's just kind of bullshit. Like the women that, like the, the people that were like, well, she shouldn't have been dressed like that. And how dare she come up next to a bunch of sweaty testosterone fueled runners if she didn't think that was going to happen. Yep. Yep. It's always that way. Oh, God. I mean, I do see that we don't need a lot of hand-wringing over this. We should draw attention to it, point out that it's wrong, uh, sue the fuck out of him, whatever. I don't care. Right. Take his uh, ass. I, 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 I want I guess his family we, destitute. I want I want whatever job he held to him never have a job ever again. Like, I want yeah. him to lose that job. I want his wife to lose her job. I want his kids to die. 
And then yeah, I yeah, want yeah, 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 yeah. Family man, not anymore. That's what I want. I <laughs> want, I want that to go time. away. But uh, uh, you know, that's just me. Hey, did you see the trailer for that movie, uh, Promising Young Woman? No. Okay, should, everyone who's listening, so watch that. It's about this. It's uh, good. okay. Yeah, right. check it out later. Speaking of. Uh, Promising young women. Did you see that Greta Thunberg was a time person of the year? Time person of the year. Yeah. Yeah. And that Trump was already bullying her on Twitter yeah, for it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, don't fuck with the children. Yeah. Don't fuck with the children. Yeah. How dare uh, people bring children into politics unless they're, you know, Republicans? Yeah. Um, but yeah, fuck that little bitch. I, I saw. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> the, I, I, you know what? Since when we first talked about her, I thought she was kind of annoying. Um, I still think she's kind of annoying, but I yeah, guess on her side, I agree with her. You're allowed to know. think that, and I think yeah. I get it. It is it's in the same way that I, that you know, it's the politicization of children. David Hogg, all these types of guys. Yeah. Um, I think that at least a she's probably right. Oh, and I think. Then, well, we've talked about it. And a, it's sure, sure, but also that, uh, and her being person of the year makes sense. Like, uh, for a 16 year old to cause as much hubbub as she did is pretty significant. I think I I think that her getting person of the year is fair. A lot of people were getting butt hurt. It's not high and, honors. It's just that you had an impact, right? Yeah, yeah. Which like is, a lot of people were being like, "What about the people of Hong Kong?" Yeah, and I was like, eh. "Wasn't there a time person of the year where it was like um, some other type of protesters?" Yeah, like well, there was Wall the Street Me Too movement, I think. Oh yeah, and then they had then one was, that was like you, the reader. They needed to hone back in on it. Then there was like I think it was person. like the Parkland. School shooters, wasn't it? Or the school? (laughs) (laughs) Talk about fucking impact. Freudian Uh, slip from my Second Amendment friend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. Like, a lot of people were like, uh, obviously a lot of, uh, I guess, conservatives trying to pretend they're pro-Hong Kong. Just bringing up Hong Kong like, like, oh, the people in Hong Kong, they're the losers? Like, oh, but what about the protesters of Hong Kong? First of all, I don't think the protesters of Hong Kong have done anywhere near as much as Greta Thunberg. No one gives a shit about Hong Kong, especially well, me. Well, whereas I think, like, I don't Greta think Thun- no one gives a shit about it. It's, <laughs> it's I mean, I'm not pro China, but I just just don't give a shit about Hong Kong. I'm uh, pro China. Are you, you're fucking anti Chinese? Yeah, that's, definitely anti Chinese. That's right. No, I mean, we've talked about this. I, I fucking do not. Uh, anytime people are like, um, who else is in that boat? It was like the people of Hong Kong, the people in, um, I think it's Argentina right now or whatever. Chile, for sure. Um, no, Chile yeah. is what I meant. But yeah. like, like the people are like, oh, we got to protest this oppressive, this oppressive government that's kidnapping and killing us. How are you going to do it? We're like, going to throw water balloons at them? And like, hey, that uh, shit hasn't lost steam yet, all right? I mean, They I have guess. a bow and arrow now, I think, one of them. <laughs> one of them brought a stick, so watch the fuck out. Some real change is going to happen. I mean, the police there are like killing and raping people so yeah i know that does so do suck. something about it i guess yeah, what if that's, that's what they're doing i don't know what to tell you <laughs> hunt them down and kill them yeah sure uh i'm i'm advocating violence against the police that's what i that's, i think that's they're working their way thing. to that it's gonna get Let's worse, hope. worse but anyway yeah I, I i can understand greta thunberg having much more of a successful message it's like the guy that did coney 2012 where i was yeah. like ah, he didn't really do anything or he wasn't effective but he certainly got his message out like didn't he get really high and expose himself in public too uh i don't think he was high he just had like a mental breakdown but that's yeah. neither here nor there i like to consider that like it's an organic high <laughs> stressed induced uh mental yeah. psychosis yeah that's the naturalist high you can have it's like the anti-vax version of getting high right 
Um, let's talk about the Bible. Hell yeah. <laughs> Wait, I thought we were going to talk about Hanukkah. Oh, you're right. All right, fuck it. Well, because... Well, we don't have okay, time. Let, let's talk about we the We can, end. shortly, because this is going to be a short app, I think. It's pretty easy. Um, I just want to say, it's tis the season. Am right. I right? Mm-hmm. It is. I'll answer it. And <laughs> we want to take a quick look at some of the holidays that aren't Christian, because... I mean, what are we doing? We're reading the Bible. We're reading the Jew, Jew part of the Bible. Right. So we should look at some of, <laughs> some of this Jew shit. By the way, uh, so we were doing research on Hanukkah, and for some reason, is there a reason you're just looking at nothing but, like, anti-Semitic conspiracy theories? Like, that, <laughs> no. That was the why agreement. would that be a fucking use of history for you? You're going to find the truth about Hanukkah, and I'm going to okay. tell you what the alt-right thinks. What's <laughs> Because, um, yeah, I was like, I looked up the history of Hanukkah real quick, just because, I mean, my main thing is I fucking, um, the whole, like, I was in Target the other day, and oh, I got accosted by one of those happy holidays, and I couldn't give two shits, like, the whole, oh, tell me Merry Christmas, or I'm not going to get hard tonight, or yeah, whatever the obviously. fuck it is Christians seem to be all butthurt about. They're taking away some of my power. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, if I recall... What I thought when I was, I was like, yeah, it is kind of weird that it is Happy Holidays. I mean, it's definitely Merry Christmas. I'm not trying to say what Target should or shouldn't do or, or what they have to fucking call it. I don't, I don't give a shit. Yeah. But it, it, it'd be like like if during Ramadan they were like, Happy Holidays, y'all, Like, because there's some other holiday that coexists at the same time. They want to be protective. It's, there's not. Um, yeah, but there is here. So. I mean, Hanukkah kind of. And Kwanzaa. Uh, Hanukkah so let, definitely. Why not? Qua- All right, we'll we'll talk about Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa is a fucking fabricated bullshit so? holiday. I don't every give two fuck- shits. Oh, are you defending? <laughs> unlike Christians, now? unlike oh unlike Christmas, which is the birth of Christ, definitely Great. in December twenty fifth. Yeah, you know they're all fucking fabricated. That's the point. Yeah, Except I, I, gu- I guess Hanukkah, although uh, I the guess. way that it's anyway, celebrated. Let, is let, definitely- let, 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 let's crack through this. I just want to get so Hanukkah for those of you who don't know, and I sure shit didn't really understand it. I mean, I I, I, I read it. I read the Wikipedia article, so that's the, that's the extent of my knowledge. And then I saw the Rugrats special on it. Hell yeah! Um, so you say your understanding from a historical standpoint, since you read about it, I didn't. I'll tell you what I learned about it okay. in retort. So in like 160 BC, there are a bunch of Jews who were getting oppressed, and they're like, "I want to read the Torah." And the Syrian army, led by I think King so, Ptolemy the, the first, some shit, was like, "No, you can't." So this guy named Judah of the Maccabees like led a revolt, killed a bunch of people, and reclaimed a temple. And they had to light a fucking candle inside the temple and they're like fuck we only we have to have like sacred fucking oil and we only have enough for one day and yet it lasted for eight days which is how long it took them to make the oil for some reason i don't know why it takes so long to make oil but Hmm. that's the story so it lasted eight days and they're like yeah fuck it let's celebrate this for all time this so this was a christmas miracle 160 years before jesus was even born yeah bitch Sounds like they out-Christmas Christmas itself. Now, <laughs> let me point out to you what I learned about this holiday. First off, I'll point out, all right, okay. that this was a revolt, a violent revolt against the Seleucids, who, while that was a Eastern group of people, right, It's uh, they were covering, like, the Levant and east of there, right, was part of the breakup of Alexander the Great's, uh, you know, Greek empire, right? Right. So that means what this really was was the first of many, 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 many 
Jewish revolts, sneaky Jewish revolts. Against I, I, knew Western, you, I, knew, I knew those videos were going to do something to you. Against Western civilization right. and values. Right. Now, I watched this. There's these people. I'm not even going to tell you what they're called. It's this scary, scary white supremacist lady, like yeah. white nationalist and her uh, husband. And they make videos and they have an entire one about Hanukkah. And it right. was uh, it was legitimately terrifying to know yeah, that it was it, it, a lot of. Oof. I, I feel like I understand when like uh, people are making fun of the way like PewDiePie makes like anti-Semitic jokes, you know, yeah. and you're like, it's a joke, like it's fine. And then you're like, yeah, but for some reason, uh, uh, white supremacists and right wing nationalists are gravitating to him because they yeah. like those jokes where I, I was watching her video and the way she says the word Jews. Yeah. Made it's, me question the way terrible. I say Jews. I was like, "Fuck, I gotta start." Do I sound and, like that? Well, she, I, even when she even when she said Judaism, she'd say Judaism. Yeah, <laughs> like, those fucking Jews. Ugh. Oh, those fucking Jews. And when they're doing their Jew shit with their friends, just like I was like, "Oh my god, is that is that what I sound like with my jokes?" Because I'm gonna have to stop making these jokes. The scary thing about it though was like you could see the uh, very few steps of separation between like her and like more mainstream right-wing characters. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, it's fucking horrifying. And the, like, but, the Venn diagram of people that appreciate both, you gotta be like... Right, right. So, the fuck? objectively, Hanukkah is about a Jewish revolt. Yeah, in their own place. Protect their own faith or whatever. But from the country. point of view of these white nationalists, they're like, yes, so there's this accommodating Western culture, and then these militant Jews had to overthrow them to, I don't know, whatever whatever the Jewish take is on Sharia law, they had to have it. They just they just had to have it as much as they could, so they yeah, yeah, yeah. killed a bunch of their uh, peacekeepers and stuff. Did you see the, the one line that she made? She was like, now, uh, over the course of history... The Jews have been expelled from 109 countries. Now, if you've been, if you've had 109 guys break up with you, that might be your problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, oh boy. Fuck. Yeah, this is a lot. This is the way that we should uh, break apart history is by your boyfriend analogies. <laughs> Fucking stupid bitch. Yeah, that was a. Uh... Anyways, it, it is kind of funny. The second you start looking at anything, it's not too far. There, there, there's very little history that you can go to where there's not some white supremacist take that it makes you go, ugh. Well, it's funny because to find these things, they were so easy to find. And I know that this is the kind of shit that, like, you know, right. right-wing fucking weirdos would search. I'm just like, the real reason behind, Hol- behind Hanukkah. The real <laughs> reason behind Hanukkah. And it just shows, like, Obama with devil horns. I'm like, what the fuck is this tenuous click connection? on the video and it's like... First off, the Holocaust never happened. <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, whoa! How did we even get here? Lube, lube it up first. <laughs> We're gonna start there. That's the video is getting into it. Oh man! Yeah. So, anyways, oh, it's a rough internet out there. People, don't dive too deep. You're gonna find some weird stuff. Let us curate it for you. We're right. safe. We'll, we'll 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 let my let our eyes bear the brunt of it, and then yeah. we'll whisper it gently into your ears. We're we're like the FBI guys that have to look at child porn. Yeah. Except you know anti-Semitism. So, right. Huh. We're doing, All right. So the Bible. Doing... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, this is the Revelations podcast. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, this is the Revelations podcast. I'm Cole Deluski. <laughs> And I'm Grant DeVoiced, and I probably shouldn't have said that, but uh, we are on episode 64, uh, namesake of the Nintendo 64, one of the greatest gaming devices of all time. Great. 
Is that for 64 bits? Uh, I think that's probably. I have no idea. Because I think old Nintendos were like 32-bit programs. Uh, might be. Anyway. So, that's great. And uh, uh, Catapulting off that hot take. Um, <laughs> well, I like Samuel to think of stories a lot like Samuel Legend 16. of Zelda. This is like The Legend of Zelda. That's why I said Ocarina of Time. Uh, yeah, actually. I- I'll be honest with you. I don't normally... I A lot of this Bible, I've been like, eh, yeah. Yeah. And then the story of David, especially the two chapters we're going to cover today, kind of fucking metal. Yeah, it's kind of cool. like kind of fucking rock and roll. Kind of it a, definitely kind reads of, like the story, uh, an origin story of a, a character that you want everyone to like for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it has a lot of um, <clears throat> there is some inconsistencies. There is going to be some things where you're like, eh, that doesn't really make sense. But that's just that's just the Bible. Sure. But um, there's definitely going to be uh, it's kind of a cool fucking story. The story uh, today we're going to cover the story of I guess the first bit of the story of David. Correct. The very kind of first origin tiny, story, tiny uh, bit. Because we're going to be reading about David for a long fucking time. Uh, across many, many books, uh, more so than any character so far, I would say. He's definitely the protagonist of the Old Testament, if there is a single one. So More than Moses? I mean, I have no idea. Moses was just in Exodus. Period. Uh, no, Moses is the entire Deuteronomy. Or uh, is the entire... Um, no. Eh. Moses is Exodus through to uh, Numbers. No. Exodus... Oh, yeah. yeah through Deuteronomy. You. Yeah. Through Deuteronomy, Leviticus, Numbers. You fucking idiot. Whatever. But that's just like codification. You say you read This the is Bible, actually so David's story. To, okay. Moses was... Shut up. Moses was a small part of all that, I feel like. Like, I mean, he was there, but it was hot covering... Hot take. A, hot take right here for Hanukkah. You're going to shit on Moses? Not on my fucking watch. Moses isn't even in Hanukkah. <laughs> all right. So anyway, <laughs> First Samuel 16... <laughs> Uh, my Bible has it titled "David Anointed King." Um, yeah, why did you just spoil that? Was, <laughs> like sometimes uh, you don't read the title. Okay, so uh, you want just you want to just redo it? No, we're good. So right. basically, uh, God comes down to Samuel like He does. Again, it's so inconsistent with like when God talks to people and when He doesn't. But I guess with Samuel, it's been a pretty constant thing. It, it's kind of interesting. I think when Moses was talking to God. There was kind of this deal where, like, Moses or God specifically tells Moses, Hey, Moses is a special boy. He's the only man that I will speak to like this. All other prophets from here on in, I'm going to talk to them through smoke and mirrors. They're just going to see my ass from a distance and be like, Is that fucking, should I throw some doves into a fire? What, you know? But for some reason, like, honestly, God and Samuel are like two gay roommates. They just seem to be like hanging out We're and like talking to, you know, like Samuel's out there just crying and God's like, what are you crying about, buddy? You okay? Yeah. I don't know why they had to be gay. Because uh, they, they are. Oh, okay. I mean, Samuel's fucking gay. <laughs> he has sons. <laughs> well, no. Yeah. Well, no, he doesn't. He's got, no, uh, yeah. Yeah, he does. He has sons too, like a couple of wicked sons. Remember? We talked about no, that. No, that was Eli. Yeah, I know. And then, ironically enough, it's Samuel. You say you read the Bible. You gotta Whatever. fucking stop smoking cigarettes. It's ruining your brain. <laughs> okay. That's how so, those work. So, the, anyways, the Lord comes down and he says to Samuel, all right, how long are you going to be mourning about Saul? Okay, I'm already going to pump the brakes. Samuel is not mourning Saul, right? Yeah, like, I'm not quite sure. So, as we recall in the last episode... Saul basically fucked up a little bit and let some people eat some blood or whatever. And Samuel's like, you know what, Dunn? You fucked up. Uh, God has rejected you 
from the kingdom of Israel. Uh, you will not be king anymore, blah, blah, blah. Then Samuel just leaves. But Samuel or Saul is just going on being king. You know, it's not like it doesn't really seem like Samuel has any real true authority, which we'll kind of get into this chapter because God comes down to Samuel. OK, how long are you going to cry over Saul? You got to find yourself a new man. Um, go get your horn filled with oil. I'm sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite. For I have presi- provided myself a king among his sons. So God's going to try again, right? God failed miserably the first right. time with his son. So now he's going to Samuel, the instrument of his failure, and say, right. look, okay, I goofed. Stop fucking whining about it. And Samuel's right. like, I'm not. And God's like, okay, good. Get your oil, <laughs> which is necessary. Let's do this. So uh, I feel like it's like uh, coming back to my gay roommate's analogy, like right. God hooked Sammy up with Saul. He's like, I know you're looking for a king. Let me hook you up. I know this guy fucking spray him with oil. You guys are going to be great. And then it didn't work out. And Saul kind of cheated on him. And now he's like, all right, come okay, on. So I'm going to find you a new man. No, this is more of like a uh, I'm gonna fucking run your show grin- the, grinder the, for you. No, what's the show with the guy and girl? It's a gay guy and a girl and their roommates. It's been on forever. Uh, Will and Grace? Well, yeah, it's like Will and Grace. God's <laughs> grace okay. and Samuel's will. And she's like, ooh, I met a guy for you, a gay guy. Uh, and she's hooking up. So they're not – God and Samuel aren't having sex. but yeah, I'm not saying they're having sex. I'm just saying they're both gay. Like they're I don't want to spend too much time on this analogy. Why is I'm God just saying gay? they're both obsessed with dudes. Oh, I see. Yeah, but they're like, yeah. ooh. Oh, and it's always like a handsome young stud. Yeah, it's always a handsome like, young guy. And I was like, that's ooh. the fucking guy you need to spray with okay. oil. And whatever, like, say, all right, we'll get to it. So okay, anyway, actually, my point I'm is. With I'm with it. I'm with it. All right, I'm with yeah, it. You, you know. Okay, so not that there's anything wrong with that. Of course not. Okay, but anyway, so, so Samuel goes, Samuel, all right. Samuel's like that ex with. Oh, go ahead. Okay, so God tells Samuel what to do. And Samuel's like, but God, if I go to anoint. So again, picture this. You're the you're the prophet, the the head priest. You just anointed a king a little while ago. He's ruling. He's kind of a dick, I guess, but he listens to you, so it works. And then God's like, "Go anoint this new guy." And right. Samuel's like, "You know, if I go try to anoint a new king, the old king is just gonna kill my ass." If right? I go like, cheat on my boy, he's gonna fucking kill me. Yeah, yeah, you can't do that. That's gonna be a problem. And so God says, "All right, let's trick him." Because that makes <laughs> sense. Like, I'm God, and we need to trick Saul with a fucking cheap parlor trick. Yeah, so he God says, who can open up mountains and eat people is like, all right, yeah. I got a fucking little sneaky sneaky. Uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to Metal Gear Solid this in a fucking cardboard box. So he tells Samuel to get a heifer and take the heifer over to Bethlehem to do a sacrifice. Just a run-of-the-mill sacrifice, no big deal. While you're there, invite this Jesse dude in. You'll meet his son. His son will be king. Bada-bing, bada-boom. It's like so God has a stupid it, plan. Yeah, it's like when you're like living with your boyfriend and you're gay, and you're oh like, "Oh, I really want to cheat on this guy," but yeah. you know he's kind of abusive. I don't like him. My parents don't like him. So you're like, "Hey, I got to go to the store," and really you're gonna meet in the fucking bathroom of a TGI Fridays and suck off a guy in his mid fifties. Yeah, or just at the mall. Yeah, yeah, any of those things. Yeah, yeah. So basically, God is making a, a way too elaborate plan to help Samuel uh, get away with meeting with Jesse to find a new king. So uh, Samuel gets to the town, and for some reason, did, did you catch on why? For some reason, the Bethlehemites basically freak out. They're like, oh my God, oh my God, it's Samuel. They're scared. I, it, it is interesting. I, I wonder if we're missing a previous story. 
that explains why they're afraid of Samuel. Because yeah. we have seen Samuel hack to death a gag. Maybe that story got loose. So like, this guy's a fucking maniac. He'll cut yeah, off your nipples. They hated a gag, though. They yeah, everyone did. That. that was probably... So I'm, probably not, I'm not quite sure why they're so afraid of him, but they are. I mean, like, oh, fuck, it's Samuel. Hide your kids. He's like a representative of their god who is terrifying. So maybe right. that. So they get scared, and he's like, yo, yo, yo. I come in peace. Everyone chill. No big deal. I just want to do a sacrifice. To God with you guys. Look, I brought a heifer, which is nice. He brought his own. That's yeah. cool when you show up to the party with your own stuff. Yeah. It's like it's like you're at a party and George Zimmerman shows up and you're like, oh, fuck, what does this mean? He's like, no, I just got a bottle of wine. I just thought we'd hang out by the fire. And you're like, okay, all right. Good. I can get behind I, this. I was worried that we would have uh, an, another episode without mentioning George Zimmerman. <laughs> Times person of the year. Great. So... <laughs> Samuel's like, I come in peace, blah, 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 got this thing, let's do a sacrifice. So uh, he's there, and he sees, it says, um, what I'm assuming is Jesse's oldest son, a man named Eliab. And he's like, that boy's tall, he's extra thick, this is going to be the king. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I Samuel's know fucking gay. Like, he sees Eliab, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, he's in the he closet sees- for sure. He says he sees Eliab and said, "Oh my God! Surely the Lord's anointed is before me. That is a sexy boy, um, I, I, hypocritical much." And then sixteen seven, God's like, "Do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as a man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart." Which what the fuck was that whole thing where he selected Saul? Just because like, he was the tallest, maybe he was the tallest learning. and the handsomest. It is specifically God stated that mistakes, yeah, or uh, is he? Yeah, or will he? Yeah, so like like Samuel's like, ooh, look at that hot piece of ass, and God's like, haven't you learned your lesson? Those hot dudes, they're fucking crazy. You need yeah. to find yourself a doughy, fucking middle aged guy who's got yep. money who's going to take care of you. Yep, who's got maybe like a couple kids from another marriage, so he right. can't be running around, you know, having mm-hmm, partying mm-hmm, or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so. Uh, without any dialogue between Jesse and Samuel, for some reason, Jesse just starts bringing his sons past Samuel to, like, inspect, like, chattel. I don't know what's going on here. Yeah, yeah Samuel's just hanging out there, which, it, I don't know. It, it, apparently, they're either, they're both afraid, the town is completely afraid of Samuel, but yeah. also like, hey, here's all my most valuable children. What do you think about that? Anything you want to do with them? I guess he's just showing Samuel? them off, right? He's got a hearty stock of kids. Yeah, You're like, oh, and it's like, it's like the, uh, the wallet pictures. Flex, except uh, yeah, in real yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. Look at my, look at my fucking kids. Look at them carrying yeah. that wine sack. Look how tall and sexy my oldest boy is. Hey, priest, come over here. Look at all my <laughs> sexy sons. You're like, yeah, <laughs> Samuel. I've, I've heard Son- you have certain tastes that I might be able to fulfill. <laughs> yeah, sign me the fuck up. So next, Jesse brings along uh, his next son, Abinadab, and passes him in front of Samuel. It says so. I'm picturing like Samuel sitting in a cool chair, and these boys are just being ushered by. Right. And Samuel says, no, the Lord, Lord, Samuel disappointingly, I'm assuming, is like, no, the Lord doesn't want him either. Shucks. So then Jesse has Shema pass before him. Same thing. And it says he has seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but none of them are the dude. So Samuel says to him, all right, God doesn't want any of these assholes. Do you got any kids left? You hiding any kids from me? You got anything in the back room? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything on clearance? Maybe. I'm I'm just trying to get me a boy. Uh, Much to what what I'm sure in this 
case with Samuel's excitement. Jesse says, actually, I do still have the youngest. He's out tending the sheep. So right away, you know, little shepherd boy, that's got to be a fantasy. Like, oh, Samuel. tending the sheep. And so like, I, I'm assuming Samuel just pushes past him and yeah. says, okay, bring him here. Bring him here. For we will not sit down till he comes here. Wow. Um, that's excitement. So they bring this boy over who's ruddy with bright eyes and good looking. So he's still sexy. Yeah. So actually do judge a book by its cover yeah, is what yeah. the Bible's saying. All they say about David is that he's a sexy young boy. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is the one. So Samuel takes the horn of oil and just covers this little kid with oil <laughs> in front of all his brothers, just spray. I'm assuming, I'm assuming the second David walks in, the the, 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 the the horn of oil is just shaking in his hands uncontrollably. Like, are He's you like, okay? get, get in this kiddie pool. <laughs> are you having, Samuel, are you having a seizure? He's like, no, just get that fucking kid over here before I burst. Uh, so Samuel sprays so him with weird. oil in front of his entire family. Yuck. <laughs> and uh, the spirit of the Lord came upon david from that day forward came powerfully on came david powerfully which so you david's know if just paying attention to our twitter david's just fucking covered um so sam just leaves <laughs> the fucking point is if i maybe that's why they're so afraid of sam but this is the second instance where just without anyone knowing why or anything he just like hey you you seem like a sexy kid and the guy's like i am a sexy Hell kid. yeah like, am. i'm gonna cover you in fucking oil like all right well you're a trusted adult figure i don't see why the fuck i would say anything about that he's like this is our little secret and if you tell anybody you'll get in trouble that is a classic move for sure for sure you got to respect samuel on that one but that's that's the end of Basically, that story. Like, there's nothing really to it. Um, That's correct. So now David has the spirit, which, of course, as we find out in the very next verse, is why King Saul no longer has God. Or uh, rather, I should say, he does have God, but now in the form of an, air quotes, evil spirit. <laughs> yeah. Troubling. So the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. Um so basically, not only has God left Saul, but he's also given him, like, depression? I'm no, assuming? that's a fucking demon. I Touch of bipolar? Like, it's an angel whose entire job is just to fuck with him. Oh, yeah. Um, it says some, you know, there's suggestions that this is some sort of mental illness or depression, like you said. Right. I think that it's a fucking badass evil spirit. Like I'm assuming about- it's the dude from Paranormal Activity. Ooh, yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Like, I Saul like just that. keeps hearing fingernails on the wall. He's like, what the fuck is that? It's the girl from the ring, but he's like, you know, actually, for modern or for our current beauty standards, she's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's this is crazy, though. So Saul, first off, is just a cool guy, right? Out looking for donkeys. Right. He gets unwittingly pulled into this whole, you're going to be king against your will. God's making it so. He's pulled God into a knows. private room by the head priest and covered in oil. Oiled up. But the crazy thing is, it's like, look, you're going about your day, but God knows that you need to be king. So he gets swept into this whole fucking thing. He does a pretty damn good job. He kicks the shit out of a lot of bad guys. Right. He makes one tiny mistake uh, when he reserves the fucking... Uh, he doesn't kill everything, but reserves some of it to sacrifice to yeah, God. Yeah, Saul's crimes right now are he one time tried to do an altar for God... One yeah. time told people not to eat before a battle, and then one time spared a guy. It's the worst. It's the worst story. And so now, because of all that, God is not just leaving him, because God was inside of him, giving him extra God power. God is like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm sending some sort of weird-ass ghost to taunt you. I'm imagining yeah. it's like, it's probably the ghost of Levi, that <laughs> rapist murderer. Yeah. 
So um, now so, Saul's tormented. Yeah. So I, I like this that like basically his servants are kind of like, "Yo, bro, I see you're down. What you need is some fucking fresh air, some sunlight, and some sweet ass jams." Yeah. Thanks. I'm cured. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, oh yeah, you don't need all those pills and antidepressants. You just need a fucking sweet ass harp solo. <laughs> Save me, Tom Cruise. Uh, uh, so stupid. So Saul agrees with him. He's like, yeah, man, I've been feeling really down. I haven't showered in days. I just feel like shit all the time. Maybe maybe a young boy in here playing some fucking harp would be fucking badass. It could work. It could work. So sure enough, he uh, dispatches his men to uh, go find the go find a badass guy to uh, to play harp for me. And immediately one of his servants is like, actually... I know, this is very weird that one of Saul's attendants knows this, but he's like, I know a son of Jesse of Bethlehem, who apparently is famous, uh, who knows how to play the lyre. He is, and I'm, I'm honing in here on this, this line, he is a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and is fine looking, and the Lord is with him. So this guy knows the whole story we just read, apparently. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense that David, who's the youngest child who handles sheep at this time, is also a mighty man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a handsome person who's possessed by God. Yeah, this is all going to backfire in a little bit, um, because right. none of this seems to be true in the next chapter. Whenever uh, you know push comes to shove, so this clearly smacks of like embellishment on the behalf of whoever was writing this to make. Put like post posthumously or whatever, making David seem like he was always this great man. Um, when the entire point of the story is that he's not, that he's just some little fucking troll. Yeah. Right? But he's um, also a great heart player or lay- yeah. liar. <laughs> he's a great speaker. He's a great heart player. He is a warrior. He knows how to take care of sheep, which is honestly the only thing useful that I've said so far. Yeah. Um, much, yeah. In that in those days, the fuck needs a heart. So for whatever reason, this guy knows all about him. Weirdly, stalkerishly, and Saul's like, "Yeah, yeah, go get him. Whatever, I don't give a fuck." Yeah. So Saul sends his messengers to Jesse and says, "Okay, give me your boy David, who is with the sheep, who's also a mighty man of valor and a man of war." I don't, I don't know the fuck. Um. So Jesse takes a donkey loaded with bread, wine, and a young goat and sends them with David to Saul, as is tradition. David gets there, starts entering his service. Right. Uh. And Saul likes him so much, because let's face it, this is the greatest kid ever, right? This is the total golden boy. True. And Which is, I'm assuming, why God picked him. And uh, Saul basically sends word to Jesse and says, hey, I'm keeping him. <laughs> <laughs> I like this one. mine. Uh, but it's kind of interesting, because so basically every time he's feeling down because God's beating him up in the mind, uh, David would take a harp and play it with his hand. Then Saul would become refreshed and well. And the distressing spirit would depart from him. My Bible doesn't know what to fucking do, I, I think. Basically, they're like, you know, uh, David's God-given ability to comfort Saul with his music indicates that God's judgment of Saul was not total, but was yet tempered by his grace. Sometimes today, Ugh. God in his grace may use music to relieve human suffering. Like, because I like Linkin Park, somehow God's involved. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, it's like if, uh, it's like if I decided that I didn't care for my wife anymore. I was going to set her aside. So I am grooming a new young woman to be my next wife, right. but she happens to be a good masseuse. So I'm have her massage my old wife to take care of her back. And I'm like, see, I'm taking care of you. 
Yeah, right? see, it's all good. Yeah, it's all good. yeah, I'm about to marry her and kick you to the curb and torment you with demons somehow because I guess I'm like some sort of a warlock. But uh, <laughs> I've just been gaslighting you. Getting a massage from her, <laughs> my young masseuse wife. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> but it's kind of funny. So Saul, Saul's still king, uh, and is feeling kind of low. And David comes and plays for uh, Saul, and it's nice. Hell yeah, taking care of him. And that is the end of chapter sixteen. I don't know if we mentioned that that's what chapter we're on. So, on to 17. Probably one of the most, if not the most, famous stories from the Bible, right? So, you being a filthy heathen uh, right. in your upbringing, of course. how familiar are you with this story that we're about to um, So, the story of Dave, uh, David and Goliath, I think everyone knows that. That's what we're about to get into. Yeah, uh, not all the claymation I re- characters from the <laughs> 60s. All I really fucking knew was that Goliath was a Philistine and David killed him with a sling. That's all the context. I had no idea that it was that David was the King David or that it was yeah. a fucking in this time of the Jews. I mean, I had no concept of time between. Is it before Jonah? Is it after? No, I don't fucking know. Uh, um, so you didn't hear the part about how David fucks the skull afterward? <laughs> uh, that must have been Spoiler missing from alert. the VeggieTales version I saw. <laughs> but uh, that's basically it. So, uh, yeah. And then you actually read the story. And it, the stories I've heard really don't do it justice. This is kind of a badass tale. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is a lot of fun. And it's it's very uh, reminiscent of some other stories from uh, ancient times, but we will get into that as we go. So, to kick things off, let's set the scene. Once again, the Israeli, Israelites, not Israelis, Israelites are lined up to fight the Philistines, right? They've gathered um, at Sokka. In Judah, so it's in in the area of Judah, um, and basically they're assembled in this valley, ready to fight. The two armies are squared off, um, which I guess was a pretty common occurrence back in the day. It, right? it really sets the stage. The Philistines are on one mountain, uh, yeah. set in camp, and is and Israel is on another mountain, and between them is this giant valley where they wage war against each other. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It looks, it, it sounds fun. Cool. Yeah, I don't know about fun, uh, but yeah. Now here's where things get really weird. Um, it says that in uh, chapter 17, verse 4, there's a champion named Goliath who was from Gath coming out from the Philistine camp. He is pushing 10 feet tall. He's like nine Basically. foot, nine inches. Now, let's talk about the word champion. Did you look at this at all? Uh, no. Um, so this word champion is used exactly twice in the entire Bible. Um, okay. The Hebrew word. It's uh, it means the space between two armies. So a man who is the space between two armies. Hmm. This comes directly from a Greek word, most likely. I shouldn't say it directly. This likely comes from a Greek word, metachmion, metachmion, which was basically think Achilles. Um, it's I, a type I... of hero who is specialized at doing a one-on-one duel in place of an army. It's super I, Greek thing. I was going to say, uh, I, I, let's get into it after we kind of explain the story. Because if okay. you've seen the movie Troy with Brad Pitt and... Uh, Eric Bana. Eric Bana, yeah. Then yeah. You, you kind of already know what's about to happen. Um, so to, to, to sum up Goliath, I, I want to get into that later. Sure, okay, but, we'll um, go back to that. But Goliath is almost nine feet tall. He wears a bronze helmet on his head. He's wearing an entire coat of mail... Uh, he's got bronze armor on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. 
The staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, which I guess is this giant block of wood that you use to separate thread and a loom. Badass. And uh, he has a spearhead, which weighed 600 shekels. 15 uh, pounds. Yeah. My Bible <clears throat> states that his spear is about 15, 16 pounds, but his armor is about 125 pounds. So this is a big fucking boy. Do you know what, though? I looked up weighted vests that, like, you know, extreme athletes use these days. Okay. There's 150-pound ones for sale on Amazon. Would Not you uh, fight a man wearing it? Hell, fucking yes. <laughs> All right. I mean, our troops are normally walking around with, like, 100-plus pounds, no big deal, in Afghanistan. So um, while this but- is... A big piece of armor, it's not insane compared to his fucking height, which puts him an entire foot over the world's tallest man ever. So, yeah, (laughs) I don't know. He's a big fucking boy. Uh, But basically, he goes out in front of his army and stands in the middle of the valley and says, hey, guys, why are you all lining up for a battle? Fucking have a single person come fight me from your army. If you win, we'll be your servants. If I win, you'll be our servants. We don't need to have this big old battle. If there's any, if there's any one of you fuckers who can take me on, bring it. Uh, but the Israelis are fucking terrified of him, so they don't. It's pretty stupid. It's like if, uh, it's like if you and I were about to have a political debate, right? right. Like to be voted in to a, a, okay. a council seat, and you know that I'm crippled, and you're like, "Well, why do we got to have a debate? Let's just play basketball." And I'm like, "I, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to do that." Uh, <laughs> it makes no sense. I guess. Um, I mean, at least they have a chance of taking this asshole down in a in an open battle where they could surround him like an elephant in Lord right. of the Rings. Remember the Lord of the Rings movies? <laughs> okay, so Son continuing. Anyway, so Saul hears about this and everyone's just fucking terrified. Um, and no one wants to take him on in the open field. Yeah, so he's basically standing out there, just straight up defying the army of God. Right? These are the chosen people. Do you know who I'd love to hear tell this story? Dan Carlin. Oh, Dan Carlin. Yeah. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. If he could the ever Philistine make a Bible. Said, this day I defy the armies of Israel. Yeah. Anyways, it'd be awesome. <laughs> you got it. Uh, so let's cut back to David. Um, as we know, he is an Ephraimite son of Jesse and is from Bethlehem. I don't know why we're covering this again. He's the youngest of eight sons. And uh, it says that at this time... Uh, Saul was getting very old. I don't, again, I don't know why we're covering all this. This is all common knowledge. I I think we're kind of recapping the same shit we did with um, Saul, where it seems like just multiple stories telling the same fucking uh, events, kind of. Uh, Because in the last chapter, we just said that Saul is like, hey, I'm liking this David kid. I'm keeping him. And yet, somehow in this story, uh, it it tells the story that Jesse's sons are. Uh, Eliab, Abinadad, and Shema, and they're fighting in um, Saul's army for Israel. And David is just this boy feeding his father's sheep, and uh, his father Jesse's like, hey, uh, I want you to take some food and run it to your brothers, and take some cheese for their captain, and try to bring back news. Yeah. So it's like a little bribery, I guess, to, I don't know. I guess, just, you know, I mean, I would, <laughs> if this was the captain that's keeping my sons alive, I'd throw some fucking cheese his way. Yeah, it's bribery. Maybe. Quit being <laughs> um, So he goes out there, he brings, he takes like 40 pounds of bread to his brothers. They need And it. some roasted grain, takes the cheese to the commander of their unit. Need those cards. Um, and then he, he wants to see how his brothers are doing. So uh, he sets out, he gets there, gives away the stuff, and uh, 
it says he goes to the front of the battle lines to see how his brothers are doing. Um, and as he's talking to them, just like Clockworth, 40 days in, Goliath, Philistine, uh, steps out from his lines and shouts in defiance, you know, at these Israelites. Basically, like, come on, bunch of fucking wusses. <laughs> fucking pussies, come out here, someone fight me. Yeah. So David hears it, and uh, he sees that all the men are, like, fleeing in fear. A uh, bunch of cowards. They run back to, like, base camp or whatever. I don't know. Uh, and at this point, David is getting curious. He's like, hey, what are you guys doing? Like, why are you letting this man sit here to disgrace God's people? Right? Yeah. Like, aren't we better than this? We don't, are, are we scared of one dude? We don't put up with infidels talking shit. Yeah. And uh, Eliab, his oldest brother, hears him speak, and he's like, hey, what are you doing, man? Shut the fuck up. You're making this look bad. Like, <laughs> Right? Yeah. Like he's like scrappy do right now. That's how I see David. Yeah, he's like, and, uh, what are you guys? What are you guys taking some shit for? I'm sorry. Is the guy who brings cheese here telling us how to fucking run a battle? Shut the fuck bitch. up, you little bitch. Yeah, fucking shove you down. Hey, there's someone's preteen brother here talking shit. Like I fucked his mom. You know, like ah. yeah. It's like if I'm in a hostage situation in my own home, being held hostage by a bunch of uh, thuggish gunmen. Okay. And I order favor, and the favor guy shows up with my with my sandwich, and he's like. Why are you why are you letting these guys push you around? <laughs> like, <laughs> you bring the food. You don't tell me what to do with the house. It's um, a weird analogy, but go with but it. But <laughs> David, yeah, David is kind of just about like, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? Like, I'm fucking right and you're fucking wrong. Hell yeah. Uh, and he's causing shit in the front lines. <laughs> so Saul hears about this and calls for David to come to him. Yeah. So David says to him. Why are, don't let anyone be fucking scared about Philistines like me, your servant will go forth and fight him. <laughs> and you got a picture. This has got to be kind of funny. Now, we were getting conflicting. The reports. heart boy is going to go fight. him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Saul says to him, you can't go out and fight him. You're just a fucking kid. Uh, Goliath has been a warrior since he was like in his crib. Right. They were beating the shit out of this guy. With he cut his way out of his own mother. Tough. Like I guess. Fucking- <laughs> yeah. No, he was born from two men. That's how tough he is. <laughs> Nothing tougher than that. Yeah. Okay. So David says to Saul, listen, I have been keeping an eye on sheep. Bear with me. Bear with me. He says, I would imagine. If a lion comes out or a bear comes out, I kick the shit out of it. <laughs> I go after them. I pop them in their mouth, man. I fucking rip the sheep right out of their mouth. When they turn on me, I seize it by its hair, struck it and killed it. That's how he rolls, dude, with the yeah. fucking lions I, and the bears. I, I, I want to quote it directly. Uh, Samuel 17, 36. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like <laughs> one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Like I killed, I killed, I'm, I killed I'm, lions and bears. I'm going to fuck this tin man yeah, in the ass. I, I just feel like it's just, it's just your class. <laughs> I just, it's just your classic 15 year old Xbox Live braggadocia. You know, yeah. he's, just, he's just like, he's just like, he's like, David's like, I'm gonna go fucking kick that guy's ass. And he's like, all right, you are four feet nothing. You weigh a hundred pounds. His armor weighs more than you. What the fuck are you gonna do? He's like, I fucking kick the shit out of a fucking lion. I kick the shit out of a fucking bear. My dad could beat your dad and I'll go fucking kick his ass right now. Like, uh, all right, okay. Just it's, go get more cheese if you don't mind. It's, it's got a very, very scrappy do vibe going on. Um, yeah. the, everyone's favorite mystery machine hero. Yeah. So at this uh, point, date for some reason, Saul caves. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, whatever. Well, I, this- I, I, I like, I, I, um, 1737, uh, the Lord, this is from David, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion, from the paw of the bear. 
he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And it Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. I really, we're going to read a lot of the Bible directly because this is, I think, the most it's coolest part of it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, it's interesting because you got to think this kid made a decent argument, I guess, like, but only in the same way that there's a really shitty argument at the end of a Disney movie, I guess. Like it's, it doesn't really hold any water. Like, okay, you killed some animals. <laughs> this dude is literally bigger than a bear somehow <laughs> and and has armor and a spear and has been training juice to kill other humans his entire life. Like yeah. you killed a fucking bear. I I'm imagining desert bears aren't even that tough. <laughs> like they're probably um, small. And then it gets it, it, it's a very there, there's a lot of I think metaphor in this story. So Dave uh so David's like let me go kill this Philistine and Saul is moved by him. So he goes, "Okay, let me give you my armor." So he puts a bronze helmet on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. And David is walking around in Saul's armor, which is a, armor for a man, and David's just some tiny wretched fucking shepherd boy, which and, again goes in stark contrast to last chapter's explanation of him as a great warrior. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But basically, he's like, this armor doesn't fit me. I can't walk with these. I have not tested them. I won't go into battle wearing another man's armor. I'm going to go with what I know. Yeah, you don't wear dead man's pants. Okay. So he goes, he, he takes his, just a staff, and he goes down to the river, and he chooses five smooth stones. He puts them in his little shepherd's bag and takes a sling. And approaches Goliath. All right. Fucking showdown time, boys. It's fucking badass. So David walks out in front of the Israelis and stands in the middle of this valley. And Goliath walks out like, oh, finally a fucking champion. And he looks over and there's this tiny fucking wretched little kid. Yeah. And he says, this is cool. Goliath says, am I a dog that you have come at me with sticks? And he curses David by the gods. He says, come here. I'm going to give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> so This uh, guy's awesome. Yeah, this I guy's fucking badass. Like, I'm going to fucking <laughs> rip you apart. I just feel like, it, it, to me, it just feels like that scene from Game of Thrones where um, uh, the mountain is fighting the uh, the viper. Yeah, Pedro Pascal. Yeah, it went a little bit differently in the movie. But uh, my point is, is that there's this giant fucking dude, and he's like, what the fuck is this? The Israelis, I've been sitting here for 40 days trying to pick a fight with an entire army, and there is now a tiny boy wearing a knapsack. Like, what the fuck is this? I'm going to, I, I can't believe I'm being so disrespected, so I'm yeah. going to make an example of you by ripping you apart and leaving you to be eaten by birds. Hell yeah. I want to, honestly... I do want to be eaten by birds eventually, once I'm dead. Fuck yeah. So David says to the Philistine, and of course, here's our little inspirational thing that has been, this has probably been done a billion times since then in in other forms of fiction. He says, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, and I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals. Okay, he stole that one a little bit. Good one, Melania. (laughs) And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give us all of you into our hands. Now, first off, a couple things. It's inspirational. Yeah, it's pretty fucking metal. You see it copied many times over. He did steal the line about the wild animals and the birds, which sucks, but a lot of comedians do that and get away with it, so I'll give it to him. Okay. Now, 
the part of this bullshit is that he's implying after he kills Goliath that they're going to kill all the Philistines, which isn't the deal. <laughs> if right? we recall, the, the, the story is uh, Goliath is standing there like, hey, whoever wins, the battle's done, and we just yeah. have to go be good slaves. And he's like, yeah. nah, dog, you came in here, you talk shit about my fucking god, I'm going to cut your goddamn head off, and then I'm going to go kill all your friends. Like, I, <laughs> Which, I would, yeah, it's cool. I'm going to fuck this the kid, deal. then I'm going to fuck his mom. Like, I'm not going to put up with this shit. <laughs> exactly. So the Philistine moves in to attack. Right, here's Goliath lumbering, I'm imagining, towards David. David runs out to meet him, reaches into his bag, picks the perfect stone. And you know that feeling, you guys that have played with slingshots back in the day. Takes out the perfect stone, throws it, and it hits the Philistine in the forehead, sinking into his brain. (laughs) (laughs) And he's dead. That's it. It's like like the Raiders of the Lost Ark scene. He shoots the guy. Uh, That sucks. And David, man of his word... Goes over to the Philistine, takes out his sword, and cuts off Goliath's head. Obviously. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fucking fled. Yeah, used, just so we're clear, used Goliath's own sword to cut off his head, yeah, which yeah. is metal. Like, I'll be taking this. <laughs> yeah. So the Philistines start retreating for some reason, because the deal was that they can just chill and be servants. But of course, they were right to flee. Because uh, the Israelites chase them down and start killing the shit out of them and plunder their camp. It's awesome. Um, so as the so after the Israelites have chased them as far as they will, they go back to the camp, loot it, and David takes the head of Goliath and brings it to Jeru- Jerusalem. But he puts his armor in his tent. So he steals Goliath's armor and brings it to his tent. But his head, which I guess doesn't have as much value melted down... Uh, he yeah. takes to Jerusalem. Yeah, it's fair. And, and So Saul's watching all this happen, and uh, he says to Abner, the commander of the army, Abner, uncle, whose son, yeah, whose son is that young man? We already know that Saul knows who this is, so that's kind of stupid. Yeah, but. somehow Saul doesn't even know who the fuck David is at this part of the story. Yeah, weird. Abner says to him, I don't know, which is also stupid, because of course Abner would have known. Yeah, who Saul's armor bearer is? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) The the king says, all right, find out. And uh, as soon as David returned from killing the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul. Saul says, whose son are you? And David says, I am the son of your servant Jesse of Bethlehem. Pretty cool. Um, Yeah. That's as far as we'll get. Um, That's plenty. Because this story is about to get wild. Yeah, that's Samuel 17. So... It's a cool story, but yeah. I, I would be remiss not to at least mention the fact that Saul both doesn't know who David is, then knows who David is, then doesn't know who David is. Like, what the fuck is this whole story? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It seems kind of like, I don't know. Patchwork? Patchwork, yeah. I agree. Like, it, it seems like it's a story simultaneously of a young shepherd who just goes out of his way to kill some Philistine. And also the story of Saul's armor bearer going out to kill some Philistine, and also Saul's armor bearer, who he also doesn't know, going out to kill some Philistine. Is that weird? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll say this is one of the first stories that we've come across, besides maybe Joseph, mm-hmm. where it pretty well aligns with what I remember. Um, yeah. The exception being the inconsistencies, right? About Saul knowing and not knowing, some of these other things. Mm-hmm. Um, Kind of, kind of interesting. But the, the the broad strokes are pretty much as I remembered it anyway. 
Yeah, yeah, no. I agree. That's what I'm saying. It, it's pretty close. To but it's a cool I, story. Um, fucking, <laughs> it's fucking metal. I like, I like the, uh, I like the part where the stone enters his fucking head. Well, yeah, that's always a good time. Always cool. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> if you can get it, but it's basically it. Uh, yeah. What What else was there? Um, my Bible tries to state that uh, Saul's lack of knowledge concerning David appears to conflict with the earlier parts of the story where David was introduced to Saul and played his heart for the king. However, on the first occasion, Saul learned of David as an individual. Uh, the inquiry at this point was with his lineage and social standing, which is fucking bullshit. I, I just want to take a moment to shit on my Bible. Of yeah. them trying to say, like, the first time he was like, oh, David the harp player. And then this time he's like, yeah, but whose son is he? Uh, the fucking guy, he's the son of the guy you specifically called out and said, hey, bring me your son. Yeah, who was famous uh, even within the, in the court, right? Yeah. So everyone knows who Jesse is. Yeah. Um, Jesse! Yeah. And also, Saul had just met with him. I don't know why he didn't ask then. Before he literally put the entire Israelite population under the possibility of losing their their autonomy, right? Based on the fight of this child, he didn't ask who his fucking name was, what his kid, what his dad's I mean, name was. What are the odds that the Israelites were going to uphold that promise? Like, I would imagine Goliath just rips a boy in half, sprinkles him over here, sprinkles a little bit of him over there. He's like, "All right, you guys, get to work in those fields." And they're like, "No, <laughs> nah." Molon Lab. Nice. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think, though, uh, going back further to this, I I think that one of the really important things here is um, the comparison between uh, Greek culture, Greek, like, Homer-style writing, and this story is uh, pretty intense. Because this story would have taken place in, like, 1000, whereas... um, the story of Eurathlion and uh, Nestor, which is a very similar story mm-hmm. um, with the whole champion one-on-one thing, uh, similar weapons and very Greek armor that Goliath had on. They're all very closely linked. Didn't take place for another few centuries, uh, oh. maybe half a millennium, in fact. So this is pretty clearly, high, to me at least, then there's obviously debate about it, but pretty clearly an example of the uh, the Israelites ripping off Greek culture. Mm-hmm. Um the fact that they the only time in the entire Bible that they use this weird ass word of man of the middle of the line, which is exactly how champions like uh, like uh, Achilles was described, right? That like they use that to describe Goliath. It's just too bizarre. For um, there's no people had trouble translating it because they're like, what does this mean? Man, the middle of the middle line, man. Right. Like, what is what is that about? Well, sure enough, there's a Greek word that means almost exactly that, talking about the sort of thing that Goliath was. Like that's just too coincidental for me. It definitely, if you've seen the movie uh, Troy, it, yeah. it's exactly the same scene as that very first thing where they're like, bring for Achilles, sure. you know, and there's this fucking giant dude who's like, I'll fucking rape that guy when I'm done with him. Well, I mean, there's the story of Eurathlion, which is a literal giant that fights this young, small, scrappy hero named Nestor. Like, it's mm-hmm. that's kind of how things uh, went. <laughs> yeah, something about uh, they just love to ruin culture. <laughs> Great. Okay. <laughs> what else? What else did you take from this? Do you have any any fun um, insights? I didn't really. Uh, it seems pretty straightforward. It's definitely a very scrappy story. You know, I, I thought it was interesting that. Saul tries to give David his armor 
And yeah. David's like, fuck this shit. I, I, I'll, I'll do it my own way. I, I don't know if that's like a sign of things to come or if it's kind of like David kind of subtly rejecting Saul in his own way. Yeah. Um, I think, well, I mean, it was too heavy for him, right? I'm imagining Saul is probably, Saul was tall. David's a young man. Oh, that's right. Boy. Saul was the tallest so, guy in the fucking, by a yeah, head. So I'm imagining he's like halfway to Goliath already. There's no way David can run around with that shit. That's how it's always shown in like VeggieTales type shit or like cartoons. Is like, oh, I'm a little boy and his arms are so big. <laughs> He's just wearing daddy's nightgown. Like, what am I supposed yeah. to do with this? Like he puts on the helmet, but it's literally resting on his shoulders, not on the top of his head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny. So I think that's what I'm picturing. Um, it just would have made it harder for him to use a sling, right? You got to be a shock troop, light troops, you know, like you can't be, you can't tank on tank. Not if right. he's got the size. Yeah. Horrible idea. Gotta go rogue. Yeah. All right. But it worked for him. And good on David. So, like I said, we're going to be reading a lot more about David, diving a lot more to who he is, why he's so important to uh, Jewish people even to today, why he's such a big hero in the Bible. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Well, walk us out of here. Else? Is that it? All right. Well, if you don't already... You can follow us on Twitter at Revelations or send us an email at revelationspodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up. Let us know what you're thinking, what you liked, what you didn't like. And uh, if you didn't know, Hanukkah this year is celebrated December 22nd through 30th. This is a war on Christmas. That's right. <laughs> That's right over the top of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>